1: Sad that you did a bad deed or sad that you got caught? If you're sad that you did that bad deed, well, that is the convicting work of the Holy Spirit, as we'll see next on Truth For Today. The Spirit of God, He leads, He comforts, He provides, He convicts, Hi there. Welcome to today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Pastor Phil Howard has us back in John chapter 16 today. Grab a Bible. Join us. 5 through 11 is where we're at, and we're looking at the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that part of the Holy Spirit that tells us we're wrong when we are wrong. And that is very much needed if we are to grow in Christ. With more, here's Pastor Phil on today's broadcast of Truth For Today.
0: What kept you from receiving Christ? And if the only answer is, I love my sin more than I could ever love him, God would say, hell will be absent of Christ. Peace, joy, thirst. Hell is thirst. Hell is everything that Christ isn't. I want you to know the world needs this sentence. Your sin is, you do not think Christ is worth coming to. For that, I will convict you. I will convict you also of righteousness because I go back to the Father. And what is that? Two ways. I'll convict you of your righteousness, which is filthy rags in my sight. Isaiah 64. He says, our righteous deeds are like filthy rags. And what that word means is uh, so graphic, we may not need to share it in a mixed audience. It, it is detestable what, what he likens their righteousness to. It'd be almost as if you were comparing it to uh, the infestation of worms and the gangrene meat. It, it's, it's obnoxious. Your best to me is obnoxious. And, and you're trusting that, aren't you? I, I'm a nice person. Uh, go evangelize somebody that really needs God, because you know I, I'm a nice guy. I, I'm not homeless. I'm not a drunk. Uh, uh, I'm maybe faithful to my wife. What good stuff, good stuff. But I, I don't need it because I, I, I'm trusting my own good life. I live a good life. I'm going to heaven based on me. Oh, you, you mean? The righteousness of Christ you don't need. No, I don't. Offer it to someone that does. Get some thug. Get some thief. Get some down. But not me. You're, you're talking to Mr. Upright. A matter of fact, I even made a donation to the American Way. I just put three bucks in the Salvation Army can. I'm, doing, I'm a good man. I I contribute. He will convict you of your need of a righteousness that is not your own. It is the righteousness that comes from Christ alone. He said to Israel. Israel. You have rejected Messiah. Because you have said in Romans 10.3. That you have chosen the righteousness that comes from doing the law. And you have said this to God. You can keep Christ. I'll keep the law. I'll keep Torah. I'll run my life according to Moses. And by George I'm religious enough. I'm devout enough. I will trust my eternal salvation to the Torah. And all of Judaism is going to hell, trusting the law of Moses, until they turn to their rejected Messiah. Listen to what the self-righteous Jewish rabbi said. Turn Philippians, Philippians 3. Some of you, I never see crack a Bible. That's amazing, Besides making me ticked, I just wonder why you don't bring a Bible. Do you have at least hardware? I mean, pull out an iPad. See if I'm telling you the truth. Uh, Look at it here in verse 8. Indeed, I count everything as loss. Why? Why do you count all your benefits? Because, listen, of the surpassing worth. Of knowing Christ Jesus. You see, when you get over the sin of unbelief, you come to see the surpassing worth of one Jesus. One Jesus is worth more than a million worlds. One Jesus. I wish you loved him. I wish you would talk like you loved him. I wish you would actually become contagious that you want to sing about Jesus you want to talk about Jesus you want to share Jesus when did you get over falling in love with Christ have you fallen from your first love I don't hear some of you ever talk about him is he old hat has he become the ugly wife are you stuck with him are you stuck with him or do you adore him I'm going to tell you, I married my wife in her youth. And 50 years later of courtship and marriage, only us guys that's done it, she's gotten 10 times prettier because I know her through and through after 50 years. The body could waste away, but those of an incorruptible spirit get prettier every year. You can't buy a pure spirit. You can't buy a right spirit. And let me tell you, this Jesus, the ages never get him ugly. He's as lovely as he ever was. It's us. We have fallen in love with this world that puts no value on him. When you love him, you will be transformed from glory to glory. He goes on to say, hear this. I, was, I came to see his word. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things. And I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Now watch. And be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, that comes from the law, Moses, Torah, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God, That depends on faith. Hallelujah. The book of Romans. I am just. I have God's righteousness by faith alone, not by performance. As some of the brothers were praying before the service today, we were just talking to one another and we said, all of our righteousness is at the right hand of God. There's not a man in the room that's got enough righteousness to get to heaven unless Christ came and died. He is my righteousness. First Corinthians one thirty. He is redemption. He is sanctification. He is righteousness. One day John Bunyan was living with conviction. John Bunyan, the famous writer of Pilgrim's Progress. He said he was walking one day, living with conviction. The Spirit was working on him, working on him, but he wasn't saved yet. And he's trying to figure it all out. And he said one day he was walking and he started walking through a wheat field in England. And he said, as he walked through that field, all of a sudden, Philippians 3.9, because he was a good English churchgoer, Church of England. He, he heard catechisms. He, he, he knew the church year. All of a sudden, Philippians 3.9 rung down the quarters of, a, of his heart. And it rang this way, and be found in Christ having a righteousness not my own, but a righteousness that comes from God by faith alone. And he said, that day I believed. That day I was declared righteous. And from that day in that weed field, I've never been the same. For I finally got a righteousness I can count on. It's the righteousness of God for a dirty sinner that simply believes. That's how you get to heaven. Sir? Sir? Listen to me. You can never be good enough, religious enough, give enough money, or be baptized a hundred times won't get you to heaven. You must put your faith in Christ. He alone becomes your righteousness. It's the only way any of us sinners, any of us, start with the pastor. I'll nominate biggest sinner in the house. I'll take it any time. I don't mind. Because it will magnify the grace of God. Grace can get even me to heaven. Because he gave me a free righteousness. It's a gift righteousness. Received simply by saying, this beautiful Savior I want. God said, if you take him, you get his wardrobe. I'm going to just clothe you. I'm just going to throw a robe of righteousness on you. Because I've got to dress you to go to heaven. You can't go up there in rags. It beats Botany 500, honey. Botany 500 can rot. Moths love wool. When you get there, you're dressed in the righteousness of Christ. He said in Revelation 19, when I saw the armies of heaven, they were riding back with Christ, and all the saints were riding with him, and they were dressed in white garments, which is the righteousness of the saints. They're dressed in righteousness, and they're equipped to live righteous. Oh, I wish you got what I'm saying. That's what he convicts of. We've got to show a man you're not good enough to go to heaven. And God's good enough to send you to hell. Because you wretched thing, you don't deserve it. I know you don't like that language and it empties nice churches. But I get to say it here. Because I could talk to you like you're a sinner just like me. It's been so liberating to me as a pastor. Because you know, when you're a pastor, you're to be the epitome of perfection. Perfection. And the convert laugh, go ahead. My children are. I've never had to live with that pressure because when I landed this church, I just come to understand the book of Romans and justification by faith. I thought, if I can just before God, why do I need to worry about men? He's the one I gotta get past. Can you get past him? He said this righteousness will get you to heaven. Because the Jews could not imagine Christ saying, I'm going back to heaven. Why? The high priests were killed in the Holy of Holies if they had any sin. How could this fraud, how could this false messiah, how could this liar say, I'm going back to heaven? No, no, no. Liars and frauds don't go into the throne room. Jesus said, I'm not a liar. I'm not a fraud. I am exactly who I told you was. I'm going back to my father's house. And unless you believe in me, you can never get the kind of righteousness that gets you to the Father's house. Thirdly, he convicts of judgment that the God of this world, there is a ruler of this world, and his name is not uh, your most hated politician, whoever that is. His name is Satan. That's why our worst sin is to fall in love with the world Because you've fallen in love with what Satan is the God of. 1 John 2.15 Love not the world nor the things of the world. For he that hath the love of the world does not have love for the Father. For he that loves the things of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the vain pride of life, these things shall pass away. But he that doeth the will of God shall abide forever. Judgment. Should sinners hear about judgment? When Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, he preached these three themes. You, by wicked hands, have killed the Prince of Glory. That's your sin. God has raised him up and seated him at his right hand. This is how righteous he is. And God is going to judge you for what you have done to his son. That day, it says, their hearts were pricked And they believed and 3,000 were added to the church in one day. Because they heard of their sin, they heard of his righteousness, and they heard of judgment. Jesus is saying, if you don't put trust in me and get my righteousness, the only thing left for you is divine judgment. And I'm going to judge you just like I judged Satan. At the cross. Oh, he's still free. He still wanders the earth. He... uh, Uh, It won't be cast down until the tribulation, according to Revelation 12. But right now, he's seeking people to devour like a roaring lion. He's still the prince of the air. But Revelation 20 says, someday he'll be incarcerated in the lake of fire, where he and his angels will be for eternity. And that's exactly where the world is headed, unless they come to see the beauty in Jesus, the righteousness found in him, and escape the judgment of God. This is our message. I ask you, have you ever turned to Christ because you saw him as the greatest gift God could ever offer you? Have you ever come to see his beauty, his wonder, his majesty? Or are you just stuck with him? Just stuck. Uh, well, there's no other way to go to heaven. I, I don't want to go to hell. Yeah? What do you got to do? Except Jesus. Well, I'll do it because I don't want to go to hell. You know what? I don't think you go to heaven that way. I don't think God's going to let you go. I might be wrong. I hope I am, I think. Why would God want to let you into heaven if you've never come to see how wonderful Jesus is? You mean the Holy Spirit's not big enough to me? according to 2 Corinthians 4, he says what he does when the God of this age, he speaks to him. After conviction, by the way, the question is, does everybody that's convicted get saved? The word is used in Matthew 18, and it's used this way. To show your brother his fault, or reprove. And conviction does not always lead to conversion. Because there, the brother says, you go to him, and you show him his fault, this word for convict. And the man says, I don't accept it. You take two other brothers, show him his fault, I don't accept it. You take him to the church, I don't accept it. Finally, he's put out of the church because he refuses to see his fault, refuses to repent, refuses to get right. So he eventually winds up outside the church. It's this same word. And so, you can so harden your heart that you can know who Jesus is and say, but I don't want him. I know I could never be good enough to go to heaven, but I'm sure not going to come to Jesus to get his righteousness. If I can't make it on my own, I don't want it. And three, I'm not afraid of dying. I'm not afraid of hell. I hope it's a myth. But if I go there, I'll be with my buddies. This kind of joking and jesting. You can harden your heart and all the time say, Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is a glorious Savior, they tell me. My mom, my dad, someone told me about it. But I just don't want him. I love my sin more than the thought of coming to him. And on one side, you would say, God is a failure, God. If you consider 7 billion people in the world today, and I wonder how many born again among them there is. Say, God, you You're doing a terrible job. Most folks don't want Jesus Christ. What do they want? They want their sin. They want the darkness. And God gives them what they want. And they spend eternity with the choice. Well, why did you see it? Why did you want it? Well, the Spirit not only convicted... But while that conviction was going on, according to to Titus, he began a work of regenerating the heart, making you want him, making you want him. And he began to just keep drawing you. Every one the Father draws, come to him. He that is not drawn by the Father, never. He began to draw you. You were stubborn. You pushed it off. You pushed it off. But he just kept wooing. He kept saying, I want you. I want. He said, get out of here. Get out of here. I don't want. And finally, someday, one day, finally, some said, you know, I know I need you, Jesus, but I'm just not ready now. No. You just keep on and then you make a bigger mess, you get more miserable, you get where you can't sleep, and a lot of this stuff starts working. Says, so Why don't you leave me alone? And God whispers in your ear, I can do that. But I'd rather give you my son. And somewhere in that process, He has to give you even the faith and the desire to ever want him. And some miracle in the new birth. He finally overcomes our stubborn, resistant will. And finally we say, Jesus, you're what I've needed all the time. Jesus, I'm a fool. I'm stubborn. Why haven't I surrendered to you? You've never done me anything but good. You've never done anything. Your kindness keeps overwhelming me. I keep sinning. You keep loving I keep running, you keep chasing. I keep resisting, you keep wooing. Why don't you leave me alone? Because God says, because nobody would go to heaven if I wasn't a stubborn lover. I'm not going to give up on you. I'm going to woo you until you want me. I'm going to woo you till you want me. I'm going to woo you till you want me. Oh, oh, come on. Let's talk about human pride. That, that first girl, a guy asked her, uh, do I ask her to go steady? And you're thinking all the time, now, honey, if you say no, I can find just as good as you down the street. That's why the guy's afraid to ask. Because he said, you know, I'm cool, too. Honey, will you go steady? No. Who do you think you are? You think you're hot, huh? I'm going to find me someone better. Because all that pride gets in the. And here's God saying, you've said no to me for five years. It's me again. It's me again. Why did you get the hint? I to. if I have to receive Jesus, I just soon go to hell. And God says, you are going. And finally, it breaks through. And if you're here today and you've never fled to Christ, you're not trusting what denomination you grew up. You're not trusting you were baptized as an infant. That gets you in. Oh, baloney, it gets no one in. If he said that, we would have put a baptistry on the cross. We didn't put a baptistry, We put a man. It's Christ. Why don't you look to him? And you know what? He kept telling Israel, Israel, you've been snake bitten. You're dying in the wilderness. And they said, what, what is the serum? What can we do to cure this? He said, look to that pole with a snake on it. If you just look, God will heal you. And God's telling you, just look to my son. And I'll heal you. I'll save you. Or what about this stupid little program? I'm going to kill every firstborn animal and son in Egypt. Well, God, is there any cure? There's one cure. I want you to take a little lamb. And on the 11th day of Nisan, I want you to put it in a cage for three days. Check it for worms, ticks. Check to see if its eyes run. I want to see if it's disease. For three days. I want you to inspect that animal. Three days. And then on the 14th of Nisan, I want you to slit the throat. I want the blood to flow out. And I want you to take some branches. It was hyssop. but just kind of like desert branches. They'd wrap it together. Take that hyssop. Dip it in that lamb's blood. I want you to just put it all over the door. Put it up there. And I can imagine these slaves saying, You've got to be kidding. This will save us from death. This saves from judgment. This is weird. Moses says, do it or you will wail like all of Egypt. The wailing started in the evening. And the wailing went throughout Egypt. And pretty soon in Pharaoh's house, they're weeping because his boys died. People are not only weeping over sons, dying, firstborn animals are dying. There's death and disease all over Egypt. And yet, there's this little band of people, probably two million. Everyone that followed Moses' instruction, they said, you know what? You know what? Go get Junior. Is he in the house? Junior, get in here. Yes, Daddy. Whew, that was close. He said, no, 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 no. All he looked for was the blood of the Lamb, and he passed over. He he just jumped over. And 1 Peter says, Christ, you were not bought with silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb slain. And today, God is wanting to apply the blood of his Son over the doorpost of your heart so that judgment will never touch you.
1: And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, our time today spent in God's Word to encourage you, to bring you truth for today. If you have questions or comments about our time together, we would invite you to write to us. You can either visit our website and drop us an email, write to us via U.S. mail, or give us a call. As we close things out, I do want to turn things over to our executive producer just for a moment. Here's Chuck
2: latta Hello, Truth For Today listeners. My name is Chuck Ladibodier, and I've been the executive producer of Truth for Today since we've been on the air in 1996. There are a couple of needs I'd like to make you aware of. The first one is a prayer need. Our dear Pastor Phil had throat surgery recently, and the healing process has not gone as smoothly or as quickly as we had hoped. And so we're asking you to remember, Pastor Phil, in your prayers that God would bring healing to his voice, that he might continue to proclaim the gospel using the tools that God gave him, his voice. The second need is a financial need. Because we haven't been able to do our fundraiser, there is a financial need. And we continue to proclaim the gospel and we, because we believe that God's using it to build up the body of Christ, to encourage the saints, and to challenge those who don't know him and to offer hope to those who are in need of hope. We want to continue doing that because we believe that God's word will never return void. That's what he said. So we're asking you to partner with us at this time. After you've met your financial obligation at your local church, consider making a special gift of truth for today this year that we might continue to proclaim the truth for today. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Chuck. Year-end donations are always welcome. One-time gifts, monthly gifts, large, small, it all makes a difference. Reach out to us. Your tax-deductible donation can be sent to 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. You can also donate online, valleybible.org, or call 855 833 Thank you for spending time with us today. Until next time, may Christ be your truth for today.